Well, welcome again, and welcome to our fourth week of our series, I Am. It's been such an encouraging and a blessed series so far, because we've been looking for the last few weeks into who Jesus is, and that's why I love this series, because if we don't know who Jesus is, how could we ever trust anything He does? Like, we have to know His character in order to trust Him, and so in this series, we've been looking at the different elements of who Jesus said He is, His seven I Am statements, and today... I want to talk to you about your connections, all the things you're connected to. I don't know if you know this, but never in the history of the world has a generation been more connected than you and I are right now. We are the most connected generation in the history of mankind. I mean, there's connections everywhere. I'm connected to people on Facebook and Instagram that I never speak to, and yet I know when it's their wedding anniversary, and I see photos of their holidays, and I see videos of their kids taking their first steps. There are people that I'm connected to that I have never met in person, and yet I know details about their life, why we are so connected. We are a connected generation. There are people around the world that are connected to this church who have never stepped a foot in New Life Church. They've never been in Whitbank. They've never even been in South Africa, and yet... We're connected. I mean, just yesterday, I did a wedding for a guy from the Netherlands. A young guy, the groomsman, actually gave his heart to Jesus in the Netherlands during one of our online services. Isn't that crazy? Connections, we're, we're connected. Never been more connected. I, I can't remember when last I did a funeral or a wedding, and there weren't people now attending online. It's just like so normal to do. Right, even when there's like a big disaster in the world, when something happens, when there's looting or a hurricane or an earthquake or when when something happens, how many of you know we see it on social media from people's phones before we even see it in the news? Right, we're connected. Some of you are connected to your workspace even though you don't even go into the office. You're working remotely. Anyone working remotely at the moment, can you lift your hands? What? That's a lot more than I thought. We're connected. We're this connected generation. We have hundreds of thousands of different connections. And so I think it's an important question to sometimes stop and evaluate these connections and just ask ourselves this question, what am I connected to? That's my challenge to you today. What are you connected to? And in those connections, how many of them like push you closer to Jesus and motivate you to love Him more? And how many of those connections actually distract you from Him? How many of those those connections take you away from Jesus Christ? Because I believe, because the Word tells us, Jesus is interested in your connections. He's very invested in your connections. In fact, you can look at someone and say that to them. Look at someone and say, Jesus is interested in your connections. We're going to see that today in today's I Am Statement, and this I Am Statement is very unique from the rest, and that this one is specifically for believers. This I Am Statement only applies to Christians, and we're going to find Jesus speaking about this in the book of John chapter 15, if you want to join me. We're going to read the whole passage, and it says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. 
You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Wow, there is so much in this text. I feel like we could just do a series just on that text. But I want to touch on some of the highlights today. In Jesus' declaration that he is the vine. He's a vine. We are the branches. We're not the vine. He's a bride, vine. And, and he wants us to be connected to what? Him. Jesus wants us to be connected to him for one reason, so that you can bear much Fruit. In fact, it's very clear from this text that the Christian experience is a fruit-bearing experience. There's no such thing as a fruitless Christian because if you're a fruitless Christian, you're not a Christian. Right, Scripture is so clear here that the life of a Christian, the purpose of a Christian, part of our calling and commission is to produce fruit, to be fruitful. God wants you to live a fruitful life. He wants you to be fruitful. And you might be thinking, how? How is it possible because I'm not a fruit tree? How do I produce fruit because I'm just a human being? Well, I want to remind you that this fruit is symbolic. And what God wants us to do with all symbols is to look at the natural and then get lessons into the supernatural, into the spiritual realm. And so we have to look at a fruit because God is wanting us to produce fruit. What is a fruit? Well, we know the fruit is not made for the branch. In other words, what Jesus is talking about now, it's not about you. This isn't about doing something for you. We know the fruit is not for the tree. And so this isn't even about doing something for God. Who's a fruit for? Well, a tree produces a fruit so it can feed others. Jesus is saying, if you are connected to him, what you feed others with your life will be good. Because you know that people eat from you all the time. How's your fruit? Because <laughs> sometimes we're around people and let's just be honest, the fruit we give them is pretty rotten and stinky. And actually when we leave, we leave them with a bad taste in their mouths. How's the fruit of your life? That's what Jesus is asking how, what do you give of yourself to others? What do you make the people in your home eat? What do you make the people you work with eat? What do you make your kids eat? What do you make your girlfriend or your boyfriend eat? And moms, I'm not talking about the suppers you make every day, right? Stop thinking about supper tonight. I'm, th I'm talking right now about your attitude, your experience towards people, how they experience you, what they eat from you. Jesus is saying, if you remain in me, what they eat from you will be good. 
What you leave behind, the taste you leave behind, they'll be satisfied from being in your presence because can we just all admit that Jesus was, man, he was the best fruit bearer. When you left the presence of Jesus, you left fulfilled and satisfied and healed and delivered and set free and encouraged and discipled and corrected. I mean, when you left the presence of Jesus, you left with life-changing fruit, and he's inviting you to bear that same fruit to everyone that you interact with. How's your fruit? What impression do you leave behind when you leave a room? Like, what is the fruit of your life towards other people? So scripture is clear. If you're abiding in Jesus, the fruit will be good. And Galatians 5 explains to us exactly what this fruit is like. It tells us in Galatians 5, verse 23 and 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and forbearance or patience. It's kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. When you are abiding in Jesus, guess what your life will produce? Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Man, I want, to, I want to remind you that if the tree is diseased, if the tree is weak, if the tree is dry, it cannot bear good fruit because you produce whatever you are connected to. And so if there's a sick tree, the fruit will be sick. Jesus is inviting you and I to connect to a healthy tree so that our fruit will be good. It'll be so good. And if we don't connect, what we end up doing is when we leave people's presence, we leave them dry. We leave the people in our household empty from being around us, right? We leave them despondent and discouraged. But when we connect, Jesus says, you will produce much fruit, good fruit. And I, I want to remind you, like, this is a nine fruit. Did you realize, did you see there, it was the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. This is one singular fruit that God develops inside of you as you abide in Jesus. And the ingredients of this fruit, if you were to cut it open, is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Self-control, that's what makes up this fruit. We'd be doing it a disservice to treat it like nine independent fruits that God is trying to grow in our lives because actually they're all connected. How can you be more joyful if you're not also more loving? How, how can you be more patient if you're not also growing in peace? How could you possibly be more self-controlled if you're not also growing in goodness? They're one fruit. It's one fruit that God wants to grow in you all simultaneously all at once, and it says against such things, there is no law, because no one's going to look at that and say, no, I mean, that's a terrible idea. You shouldn't be more loving. No one's going to look at it and say, no, you shouldn't be more joyful. No, against this, there's no law. The world knows we, we would be in a better place if we were growing these fruit in our lives. And look, we're all growing. When I read that list, that list I doubt anyone said, I'm knocking it out the park. I nailed it. Right? 
Now, because there's all, always things we want to grow in. Like none of us think that we're fully developed in all the fruit of the Spirit. God is growing this in us, but He grows it in us as we abide in Him, as we walk close to Him, as we connect to Him. What automatically happens, church, is we bear good fruit. All we have to do is stay connected. All we have to do is abide and suddenly good stuff comes out of us. Why does good stuff come out of us? Because we're good? No, because we're connected to the one who is good. We are just a branch. We're not the vine. The source of all the goodness, the source of this fruit is Jesus. And then it says, God will prune us so that we'll become more fruitful. This is how interested God is in your fruitfulness. He's going to prune things away in your life. He's going to cut things out in your life. All the things that stop you from being fruitful, he'll remove. Because he's interested in you living a fruitful life. In fact, it says that this is evidence that you are abiding in Jesus. This is the proof that you are a Christian. You're becoming fruitful. Jesus said that right there in verse 8. He says, this is all to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, what? Showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is the evidence. This is the proof. This is how you show yourself to be a disciple. Now, I know when we read it like that, we're so tempted to do this. Okay, I want to prove that I'm a disciple of Jesus. Okay, be more kind. Be more kind. Be more kind. Be more patient. Be more patient. Be more patient. Stop bothering dad. I'm trying to be patient. Be more patient, right? It's like we're trying to like, mm, I want to force out this fruit. I want, to, mm, I want to push out the fruit. But that is not the job of a branch. The job of a branch is not, a, oh, I'm going to push out fruit. No, the job of the branch is to hang on. Just be connected and what automatically happens. Woo! Ah, woo! Ah. Check. All we got to do, we just got to stay connected, abide in Jesus. If we hold on, listen, you, you are not the vine. Jesus is the vine. You've just got to hold on to Jesus, abide in him. And suddenly, wow, look at the good fruit. And it's not me, it's Jesus. I'm showing you Jesus. You produce whatever you're connected to. And so all the bad fruit in your life you're seeing, You've got to start asking yourself the question, what am I connected to? That's producing that in my life. And if I'm not seeing the fruit of the Spirit develop, if I don't see more fruit now than I did last year this time, I've got to ask myself, am I really abiding in Jesus? Because all I have to do is hang on. Church, it's simple. He's just inviting you to abide in Him. Just hang on to him. You're just a branch. It's the job of the branch. Just hang on. Just hold on. Just hold on. In the good times and the bad times, I'm just going to hold on to Jesus. I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm not going to let something distract me away from Jesus. I'm not going to let something take me away from Jesus. I'm holding on. And my life bears much fruit. And God the Father is a good gardener that's going to prune things away to make sure I'm even more fruitful. If I just hold on to Jesus. Because you always, you're always going to produce whatever you're connected to. And I know, church, I know that sometimes, man, we get frustrated. Like, we want more patience. And we want more love in our lives. We want more joy. 
Well, the good news is you can have it. Just hold on to the one who is joy. Hold on to the one who is patient. Hold on to the Prince of Peace. Hold on to the God of love. And through you, just by abiding in him, our focus should not be the fruit. It will just create religiosity and hypocrisy within you, this air of faking the fruit. Your focus should not be the fruit. Your focus should be on Jesus. Abide in Jesus, the fruit will come. It is a natural byproduct, Jesus teaches us, of our relationship with him. It is the proof that you and him are abiding. It's a proof that you and him are connected. So I want to ask you again, what are you connected to? As we live now as the most connected generation in the history of the world, what are you connected to? Jesus says these words in verse 5. He says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Everyone say much fruit. I mean, this is a promise of God. This is a given fact. He goes on to say, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Hey, you can't produce any goodness on your own. You can't produce any fruit on your own. Like apart from him, you can do nothing. And it goes down to the very basic level. I mean, everyone in the room and online right now, can you take a deep breath for me? And breathe out. Okay, you could only do that because Jesus gave you permission to do it. And the breath you just took now, you only have it because God decided you should breathe again. And the breath you just took now, and some of you are holding your breath just to trick me. But once you're done and you take a breath because you'll need to breathe again, that breath is only because God decided you should breathe again. Apart from Him, you can do nothing. Nothing. But I want to say it goes deeper than that, church. It also goes towards your potential. Do you know that apart from Jesus, you can do nothing of value? And I think as the connected generation of the world can we be the ones to fully understand this even better than the people in the past? Because we're always connected. I mean, we have these incredible devices, don't we? Like, and they've got these amazing things. They've got the apps that have these, like, ways to connect with people. And, and I, I can go online and I can see people and I can press this green button and I can make some phone calls to people. And, and if I've got questions, I can press this and ask and, and I get some answers and and if I, if I want to grow my faith, I download the New Life Church app and I open it and I read the devotions, right? Okay, it's a shameless punt, right? And if I'm lost, I can press this and I can get some directions. It's incredible. But not when it's not connected. You remove connection from this and suddenly... It's just a glorified camera. And all I can do is take photos and not share it with anyone. Right? It is the connection that activates. It's a connection that gives purpose. It's a connection that makes us useful. Listen, you're the phone. And all the gifts that God has put in you, all the apps... <laughs> 
They're only going to be activated when you are connected to Jesus. You've got to connect to Jesus. And when you do, suddenly your life has power and it has purpose. And you can do things that you could not do before. And you can produce fruit that you could not produce before. But it's all because you are connected to Jesus and remaining in Him. Right? And then His power, man, He activates you. Your life is purpose now. It is functionality. I'm I'm able right now because of this connection. I'm no longer lost. I can open that up and get directions from God. Because of... Because of this connection, I can speak to my father. I'm no longer lonely. Because of that connection, I can get all the advice I need, all the answers I need. It helps me even connect with you better. To love you more because Jesus grows this fruit in me. Everything changes when I am connected. It activates all of us. And it reminds us, I think, that we weren't always connected to Jesus, right? There was a before Jesus. Some of you are still in the before Jesus part of your life right now. I pray with all my heart. You'll connect because everything changes. In fact, Scripture talks about you and I being taken from one tree and attached to another tree. In gardening, they call this being grafted. Now, I'm not a big gardener. In fact, I'm not a gardener at all. When my mom was growing up, they used gardening as punishment. And so she never asked us to garden. Praise Jesus. Right? Uh, But, so I thought for a long time that grafting is when you're working hard. Like, I'm grafting. Right? But in gardening, it means something different. In gardening, there's this beautiful thing where I have the ability to take from one tree a branch. I have the ability to snip it off and then I can graft it in to another completely different tree. Did you know that? I can make an incision in the second tree and then I can attach it to this tree. And if you nourish it, guess what happens? It grows from the new tree. You you can have a tree that produces many different fruit. I mean, it's just crazy. The branch can change its source. That's what Scripture teaches us. It tells us this about our salvation. It tells us that our salvation is a grafting. You have been removed from one tree and put into another. And now Jesus is your source. Listen to this in Romans chapter 11, it tells us. And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy, just as the entire batch of dough is holy because a portion given as an offering is holy. Stay with me. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, the tree of God, the people of Israel, they have been broken off. And you Gentiles, all of us who aren't original Jews, you are branches from a wild olive tree and you have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the 
the root of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted into a place of branches that were broken off. You are just a branch. You are not the root. Well, you may say, those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you are there because you believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but feel what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. But guys, this is huge. God has grafted all of those who believe in Jesus into the family tree of Israel, into that nation. It turns out that in our lives, spiritually, there's two trees. The tree we were born in and the chosen people of God. Now, this tree struggles to bear good fruit because it's not connected to a good source. A bad source can't produce good fruit. I'll share a little bit of the fruit of my family. If I look at my family tree and what's in there, I can see Alcoholism, unforgiveness, adultery, divorce, and divorce, and divorce. I see suicide. I see sexual abuse. I see child molestation. I see Freemasonry. When I look at my family tree, I see mental instability. I see jail time. Criminality. Like this is just in my family tree. I don't know what might be in yours. Maybe you look at your family tree and it's just full of teenage pregnancy. It's free of addictions. It's full of addictions and gambling or physical abuse or marital strife or fathers against sons. I don't know what might be characteristics of the fruit of your family tree, but here's what I know happened in my salvation. Jesus cut me off. (laughs) And this no longer defines me. No longer. And he grafted me in to the one special chosen tree, the nation of Israel. The nation of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is now my nation. The nation of Moses and David and Jonah is now my nation. Those are my people. And all the promises that belong to them now belong to me. What? And now God looks at us and he says in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, But you, you're a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. And church, that means that that has no hold on me anymore. All those generational curses, broken. All those learned behaviors, broken. All those toxic behaviors, broken. I have been grafted in to something new. It doesn't matter what my family was involved in. It doesn't matter that they were involved in ancestral worship, that they were supported and and reliant on some gormas. It doesn't matter that that, that it was so filled with strife and division. It doesn't matter because I have been grafted into something new. 
I am now part of the nation of Israel. That is what our salvation is. And all that God is inviting you to do is hold on. Guys, don't overcomplicate Christianity. Just abide with Jesus. That's it. Just abide. Make nothing else more important. Connect with nothing else more. Just abide with Jesus. Because there will come a day where the fruit of your life will be tested. There will come a day where the fruit of your life is going to be put through a fire. We read about this in several places. I want to point you to 1 Corinthians 3. It says, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, like gold and silver and jewels or wood or hay or straw. But on the judgment day, everyone say judgment day. It says, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. And if the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of fire. On our judgment day, something is going to happen with our lives. The full fruit of our lives is going to be put up for sacrifice. (laughs) And God's going to do something, it tells us. that The fruit of our life, it's going to be burned. Right? It's going to be set fire to. And everything you did that wasn't connected with Jesus, every business deal that didn't involve a reliance on Jesus, every marriage and relationship, every bit of parenting and every ministry you've been involved in that didn't come out of a place of intimacy with Jesus, will be like ash. It will mean nothing in eternity. But everything you did out of this connection, out of remaining, out of abiding, every business deal, every relationship, every act of good service, is going to remain behind in the fire. And based on what remains, you get rewarded for eternity. Listen, God, see this. If the only way I can produce good fruit is by being connected to Jesus, and in the end, I get rewarded for all my good fruit, what it means is Jesus eternally rewards you for abiding in Him. That's how you and I get rewarded in eternity, just by abiding. And as we focus not on the fruit, but on Jesus, as we focus on Him with our lives, as we abide in Him and rely on Him and press into Him, and our lives start to produce good fruit, we are building for up for ourselves a treasure in heaven. We are building up for ourselves something that lasts beyond just this life, something that will survive the fire of judgment day and stay behind as a reward. And it amazes me because I would think just bettering our relationships on earth would be reward enough. Producing good fruit in our lives would be reward enough. But God is so generous. He's excessive in his generosity. And he rewards us for pressing into him. So he has a question again. What are you connected to? 
Because when I realize that my connections in this, in this incredibly connected generation, when I realize that those connections have eternal consequence, I don't know about you, but it, it causes me to pause and just take stock of what I'm connected to. Like it causes me to reevaluate all those connections because there's some connections that, that push me towards Christ. Right, there's some friendships I have that, that help me stay connected. There's, there's things I do in life. There's this time that I can spend with God, spend in His Word every day. There's songs and music that help me stay connected. There's time in prayer that helps me stay connected. Being in a church community, coming to church, it helps me be connected. Meeting with a circle group every week to study God's Word, it helps me be connected. There are these things that I can do and things I can watch and listen to that do what? They push me here so that I can remain in Christ. But if I had to be honest, there's things in my life that pull me away. There's shows that I could watch that over time, it decays my morality. It makes me numb to evil. There's things that I can watch that make me entertained and laugh at the very things that break the heart of God. There's shows that I can listen to in the morning on my way to work on the radio that, that deaden my morality. There's friendships that I have in my life that pull me away from Jesus. Can you reevaluate your connections today? Because I don't know about you, but I just want to be connected to one thing. Jesus Christ. And as you abide in him, you will produce much fruit. So here's the invitation. Abide in Jesus. And don't make your faith about anything else. Just abide in Jesus. Abide in Jesus. I believe for some of you that love connection with Jesus Christ has been missing for a while. And yet you're going through the motions, right? Hey, it's easy to come to church and read a scripture verse every now and again and Shoot out a prayer before you eat a meal, but the heart is gone. Jesus is inviting you today to abide in Him, to remain in Him, to be intimate with Him, to focus on Him. He will change your life. He, he'll change your behavior, but just hang on to Him. That's the job of the branch. Just hang on to Jesus. Can I ask you to close your eyes today? Perhaps some of you, You've been far away from Jesus. And today, you want to come back to Him. You want to rededicate your love to Him. You want to rededicate your life to Him. And that is you, just right, do it now. There's, there's no better and more important connection. Do it now. Would you pray to Him? Would you speak to Him? Say, Jesus, I'm coming back. I'm coming back home. I'm coming back into intimacy with you. Jesus, I want to know you more. I want to remain in you. I want to abide in you. Come make it your own prayer. Don't pray my prayer. What is your heart's cry right now? Wherever you seated, what, what is your heart asking?
you're invited today to abide with Jesus and your life will be fruitful. I pray that even as you're seated here, Holy Spirit, would you point out the things in our life that distract us from you? Even as we're seated here, God, would you point out the things in our life, the connections we have that pull us out of your presence, that pull us out of relationship, that stop us from abiding in you, Jesus? Perhaps right now you just want to have that conversation with Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm cutting it out. You've given me a clean break and I want to stay clean. You cut me out. You've cut me off from my old life and I don't want to hang on to that anymore. I just want to hang on to you. Jesus, we just want you. We just want you, Lord. You are all we need. You are the only one that satisfies. You are the only one who produces in us anything worthwhile. You are the only one who activates. You are the only one who empowers. And God, so, so often we, we're hanging on to these things in the world, hoping that they will do the job that only you can do. So we let go today. And we grab onto you. We're going to be a branch, God. We're going to hang on for dear life. And the good times and the bad times, in the summer, in the winter, we're hanging on. We're hanging on. We're not letting go of Jesus. We invite you to produce fruit in our lives. May the things that people eat from us be, be wholesome and tasty and sweet and good. When they look at our lives, may you get the glory for all the fruit they eat. We give you praise, Jesus, for changing us. Bring us back into intimacy, Jesus. When we come back into intimacy, we want to remain in you. We pray this now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.